Hi, this is Keith, and welcome to Klezmer Podcast 57 for Wednesday, October 7th, 2009. The website is www.klezmerpodcast.com, and my email is keith at klezmerpodcast.com. Well, there's a lot going on this week. It's Simchat Torah this weekend, and I'll be playing uh, three performances with my group South Coast Simcha Band. We have two Simcha Torah events going on, and we also have our band concert at the William Bristol Civic Auditorium in Bellflower, California, on this coming Sunday, October 11th at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So if anybody is around the Los Angeles area on Sunday, October 11th, come on by and watch our concert. For more details, check the website. Now, as promised, my interview guest on this episode is Jeremiah Lockwood from the band The Sway Machinery. I recorded this interview on September 17th while the band was here in Los Angeles performing at the Wilshire Boulevard Temple. If you're already a fan of Sway Machinery, this is your chance to get a little bit of a behind-the-scenes look at uh, Jeremiah Lockwood and the approach he brings to the music. If you're not familiar with the Sway Machinery, you're in for a real treat. The band plays a mixture of traditional chazanut with a blues and rock-based horn section consisting of trumpet, tenor sax, and bass sax. The sound is really unique, it's fresh, and Lockwood does a fantastic job on the vocals. He's a really, really good singer. I enjoyed the concert very much, and I've got a song to play for you from their album, Hidden Melodies Revealed, which I'm sure you're going to enjoy. So here we go with my interview with Jeremiah Lockwood from The Sway Machinery. Hi, this is Keith with Klesmer Podcast, and uh, we're in Los Angeles this evening, the night before uh, era of Rosh Hashanah. And I'm very happy to be visiting with Jeremiah Lockwood from the band Sway Machinery. He's uh, playing a very special concert here tonight. Uh, Jeremiah, welcome to Los Angeles and welcome to Klesmer Podcast. Hey, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here with you. <laughs> this is great. I caught uh, just the end of your sound check there, and, and it's uh, a wonderful sound that you put out. Your, your, your singing is uh, fantastic. I really like the singing, and... I have to tell you that I'm a big fan of your horn section that you brought with you. Um, trumpet, tenor, sax, and a bass sax, which I haven't really seen in a, a section like this before. Um, tell me how you came up with that uh, horn section sound and, and where you found the, the bass saxophonist. Well, um, the tenor and trumpet combo is kind of, you know, classic. You know, it's like a, like a very iconic sound in art, rhythm, and blues and different kinds of music. Uh, uh, the bass saxophone in our band is, I mean, it's obviously, of course, it is a horn, and it's part of the horn section, but it's actually it's the bass in the band, because there's no bass so guitar. I notice he stands where the bass player would normally stand. That's right, yeah, and his his sound is mixed like like a bass instrument, you know. Um, so he, And he's holding down the bass lines. And uh, When I met Colin Stetson, the bass saxophonist in the band, uh, I knew I wanted to work with him, because yeah, I'm a big fan of his, his, his playing and of his work, and... Uh, and uh, I was had st- started started this concept of that I wanted to do a band based um, in the cantorial music tradition, and somehow the bass saxophone and the chazanas felt like they were a very natural blend. They're both coming from this kind of vis- visceral uh, 
extremely virtuosic, very physical uh, kind of sound, and uh, it just made a lot of sense to me, and it's been a very uh, central part of the concept for the for the music. And so, right, so you're blending the Kazanas with with uh, some of this up tempo stuff with with the riffs uh, in the horn section. Um, how'd you come up with with that? concept and and have you done these arrangements yourself or who, who's doing these arrangements yeah i'm i'm kind of the composer in the band uh i do the research into you know uh learning the old chazonas pieces and and then i you know spend a long time kind of trying to take them in and then re recontextualizing them and you know i've got a whole world of uh of music that i love and uh I'm studying on, and uh, you know, I'm, I have a strong background playing blues music, old, old country blues, and that 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 comes into the into the mix very heavily, also. And uh, you know, just uh, uh, kind of tr- trying to find rhythms that make sense. You know, obviously the chazanis is a it's a not pulse based meter. You know, it's a phrase based, and so so uh, putting it into a rhythm music context is you know that is automatically kind of like a like a doesn't fall on the beat, <laughs> right? Yeah, you have to find you have to find things that make sense. Um, there, you know, the, a precedent that I turn to a lot for inspiration is uh, is Malian music, where you know they do a lot of stuff with um, uh, modal vocal, uh, non-metered vo- vocal music from the Islamic tradition, but then that got kind of in, infused into the the traditional r- rhythms of, of their 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 music, uh, and. Uh, that's a big inspiration in terms of trying to find the rhythmic concepts that, that fit the music well. Uh, and, uh, yeah, just, uh, uh, and, you know, I mean, obviously also I want to make the music be something that uh, tap, taps into the uh, historical tradition of Chazanis being people's music. You know, it's the music people come and it's their, they love it. It's their, it's what they want to hear. It makes them feel a lot of things. And the, the, the classical tradition is somewhat, um, it's not very well represented right now. Like there aren't a lot of performers who do it in a, in a good way, um, on a high enough level that even for people who, for whom it's totally foreign, they can be pulled into it. I think there are a few in the world, maybe, but very far and few, and few between. Very few and far between. But uh, so you know, I'm trying to trying to find uh, a language that uh, is both true to the the wisdom of the music, but is also accessible and visceral in this way uh, to the kind of contemporary mindset. And let me ask you about the uh, piece with, with you did with the film with the uh, the story of uh, of Isaac, mm. uh, which is, uh, Rosh Hashanah. You know, we hear that every year. Yeah. I've never seen it done like this, or never heard it like this. Um, what's the idea behind behind doing this one? Well, this whole concert. Uh is kind of like a special event for for Rosh Hashanah. A lot of the music I do is is taken from uh, High Holidays liturgy because that's kind of like the big show for the year of, for the the cantor, you know, in the historical tradition. So I got the idea to try and do uh, a concert of, of the Scream Shinari's music on Rosh Hashanah as a, a Rosh Hashanah, you know, the celebration, but just you know, kind of a, a separate from the usual religious context. Um, and uh, but I wanted to access elements of ritual also. I mean, I uh, you know obviously the story of Abraham and Isaac is very central to uh, all of mankind really, but especially it's like the one of the, the central Jewish Jewish uh, uh, myths, you know. And so I wanted to do something with that story. Uh, and I worked with my friend Sean Atkins, who's uh, 
a very accomplished, brilliant filmmaker, and uh, she works in kind of she's kind of like a classic surrealist kind of style, uh, doing cutout and uh, stop motion animation, and uh, yeah, she came up with really beautiful and very unique uh, images for it. Right. So and then I, the score for the 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 animated film is uh, also a look. It's a little bit of a departure. I mean, it's not. It's more like a film incidental music than. It is like more like a score. Yeah. It, yeah. Whereas you know the rest of the music is, uh, in the in in the performance tonight will be you know, you know heavy hitting you know arrangements of Chazanas you know. Yeah. This is it's more like a in the it, it takes that kind of um, from that realm of expressionism and surrealism. Right. And I noticed. Besides the electric guitar, you you swapped out and played some uh, I don't know recorder or some sort of flute as well as clarinet. Well, actually, that actually was one of the um, one of the that was the tenor saxophone player also is plays clarinet as well. Oh, okay, I, that wasn't me. From the back row, it all looked the uh, same. Everybody's wearing hats. Yeah, we we've, he's got the same hats. So. You caught me. <laughs> cool, cool. Very good. Okay, so uh, that, but what was it besides clarinet? What was he uh, playing? Yeah, that, that was Matt Bowder, who's our, our tenor saxophonist for tonight. And he, he was playing a, a flute or recorder of some sort. He, he was playing a clarinet, but he for at the beginning of the piece yeah. he was playing um, clarinet with the head off. So he plays like clarinet flute. People sometimes call it where you you blow you make the mouth um, uh, apparatus be like a flute, but you're blowing into the shaft of the, the clarinet without the the reed on. Right. Okay. Oh, I see. Okay. In April, and. Uh, what can I say? It's you know it's a project a long time working on it, and uh, it came out really beautifully. Uh, we recorded it in a in a recording studio, which was in a, an old Masonic temple in uh, in in Montreal, and uh, mixed it in New York, and it has this kind of very uh, haunting acoustic uh, quali- uh, quality from you know the natural space that we recorded it in. And uh, I was worrying about that because I, I listened to a couple of the samples, and it, it sounded like. Uh uh, a lot of the effects put on it, but maybe that's just the way the uh, the acoustics are in the place you recorded, huh? There, there's certainly a, a lot of processing, also, but most of the the reverbs that you hear are natural reverbs from the from the room. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, no, it was an incredible space to to record in. <laughs> Great. So, uh, if people want to find out more information about Sway Machinery, or if they want to uh, uh, find your CD to buy or download. Uh, where can they go? Uh, well, there's SwayMachinery.com, which is uh, just for basic information about the band. And then to buy the album, I recommend going to jdubrecords.org, uh, which is J-Dub is our, our record label, and you can buy the record there. And uh, But, of course, it's available on, on iTunes and Amazon and, and in stores. It's, uh, it's at uh, Amoeba. And, yeah. Great. Okay. Well, uh, Jeremiah Lockwood, uh, Sway Machinery, thanks very much for spending a few minutes uh, between soundcheck and concert and I hope you have a great show and, and a great rest of your tour hey thank you so much and Shana Tova and you know be well in the new year
Hello, this is Tamir Muscat from Balkan Beatbox, and you are listening to ClazmerPodcast.com. Okay, I'm back. That was my interview with Jeremiah Lockwood. And the song we heard was Anim Zemiros from the album Hidden Melodies Revealed by the Sway Machinery. I'd very much like to thank Jeremiah Lockwood for giving me a few minutes in between the sound check and the concert to speak with me for the podcast. And I'd also like to thank Aaron and Emily from J-Dub Records for giving me the song to play and for also arranging complete access for me during the show, as well as publicist Susan Von Sagern here in Los Angeles and my good friend Wes, who knows the Jewish music scene in Los Angeles like no one else. Now, if you enjoy listening to Klesmer Podcast, one great way you can help support the show is to buy your CDs from my Amazon music store, which I've cleverly entitled Klesmer Podcast's Music Delicatessen. All you have to do is go to the website, www.klesmerpodcast.com, and click on the link Buy Music Here, and that will take you right to the Music Delicatessen. I have some of my favorite albums on the uh, front page there and you can also find a lot of other good music on the pages that follow and for those of you with bands i have some equipment from stage ninja which makes some great products for your live performances i use them in my own band and swear by them well that's about it for klezmer podcast 57 again if you have any questions comments suggestions or if you have a band that would like to be interviewed or have your music played on the podcast or if you have a recent or soon-to-be-released CD you would like me to review, please contact me at keith at klesmerpodcast.com. Again, the website is www.klesmerpodcast.com. And you can also find me on MySpace, Facebook, and now Twitter at klesmerpodcast. And remember that the music heard on Klesmer Podcast is for promotional purposes only and is used with permission. So thanks for listening. Please stay subscribed, tell your friends, and until next time, bye for now.